Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it, this is where we talk about money. And it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool, life is for living. Let's go. All right, so today's podcast, I am joined by a multi-award winning entrepreneur, owns multiple businesses, extremely well known in the local community here in Birmingham, and he does some really phenomenal work. And I'm really, really honored that he's actually agreed to come on the podcast um, with me for potentially two episodes where we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship business, because I know that for many people who listen to this podcast, this is a really big thing that they focus on. We've all learned through COVID that we can't rely on one source of income. So Mm -hmm. typically the day job really doesn't necessarily cut it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is no better person to talk about entrepreneurship business than the man himself, True Powell. Welcome. Wow. 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 Thank you for such an amazing introduction. I'm honored to just be here and be on your amazing platform. Thank you. No, not a problem at all. So why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background introduction to you? Yes. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is True Powell. As you quite rightly said, I'm an award-winning entrepreneur. I have multiple different businesses um, ranging from the creative sector through to a community organization, through to a consultancy um, business. So I I help entrepreneurs with their personal brands and getting visible in the press. Um, I also run a children's salon spa and I also run a performing arts academy for young people which is a social enterprise and in and amongst all that i i operate and and run a a podcast um like yourself called the creative entrepreneurs and um run several different events and um yeah and just have a a really good time doing it (laughs) yeah and by the way guys literally the podcast that you speak of he literally only just he's done the first season yeah that's and right. you had some mega guests on there mm. and it went really really well it's a great great podcast if you've not listened to it go and listen to it because it's absolutely amazing so you've got a number of different businesses as uh-huh. you've just kind of rolled off there mm-hmm. talk to me about how you actually got started in business has it always been something that you knew you were going to go into business or did you kind of work in a fully employed role then decide actually this isn't for me I'm going to go into business um I'm not one of those that say that you know entrepreneurship and business and and so forth I was selling sweets in the playground and doing all of that um at a very young age and blah 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 um and whilst I did have entrepreneurialism inside of me at a young age I actually followed the rat race I you know went to school went to college went to uni um got my grades you know, went into work, full-time work. And I actually thought that that was the route mm-hmm. for me. And um, and it was just very much up until the year 2014. And now we're going to speak about um, a side hustle um, later on. But up until the year of 2014, um, I was working in an events capacity. So mm-hmm. I was working as an event manager for several different organizations. And actually, one of the organizations that I was working for at that point wanted me to do international events, which was fine. It was a contract that I bargained for. And I was all around the world doing international events. But I had a young family at the time and I just felt I didn't want to do that anymore. Yes. And I just kind of said from the whim that I was leaving, like just off the cuff. And um, and then I, you know, I had to follow through because those of you who know me, you know, I don't take back the talks. <laughs> if I say that I'm leaving, then... I have to leave and, 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 and follow through. And 
And literally that's kind of how it started. And the moment that I said I was leaving, um, I was looking for another job, looking everywhere. And I just couldn't find anything that was resonating with me. And my mentor at the time was like, you just need to run your own company. Like mm. you just need to run your own event management company. And I was like, me, my own company, like how? And it was like, well, you kind of do it already because you're working full time, but you're also running your performing arts academy, which at the time was a, a community interest organization. But I always just looked at that as a hobby, singing, it's dancing, it's performance. Yes, we do do a few commercial things, but you know, that's just that. That's not my bread and butter. Yes. And he was like, well, and then he literally broke it down for me. You know, do you have staff and pay them? I was like, yeah. He was like, do you have to file your, your taxes? I was like, yeah. He was like, do you have to create policies and procedures and systemize business? I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, you run a business. And in that moment, it just clicked to me. I was like, well, yes, I was running a business, although I didn't see it as such because it wasn't bringing in a, a wage that could occupy me full time. It was still a business. Mm. And I was like, and it was like, those skills are just as transferable to your limited business, what you're doing for this social enterprise and 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 i'll tell you what i'll help you and i was like well, what do you mean he was like i'm gonna give you i'm gonna do all your branding work for you i'm gonna do all your website for you i'm gonna give you all your stationery and i'm gonna give you your first job and at the time you know my mentor was a guy that worked in for trinity mirror um which is the main media regulator for the Midlands. So they do Birmingham mm. Mail, yeah, yeah. You know, Telegraph, Coventry, Tele whatever it was like that they kind of manage all of that. So I had um, the seal of approval from the, you know, the the executive from Trinity Mirror. Um, shout out to, to Mark, um, do all my branding, everything, literally. So I didn't have to do anything. And, and he gave me my first job, which was the Wild Brom launch. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that. You know, Birmingham had this campaign called mm -hmm. Wild Brom. Um, and it was just absolutely amazing. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I've got no choice. I've got to do it. So yeah. that's kind of my my kind of entrance into full-time kind of self-employment and full-time running a business. And then just along the way, I just, I just, my, I guess, entrepreneurialism started to come out a little bit more. And I used to be like, okay, I want to try this. I want to do that. And I was like, yeah, we want to launch a, a kids' salon. No one's done it before. So we just kind of was like, yeah, we'll do that. Um, and yeah, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And the businesses just kept coming. And then I just had to make sure that we we had systems, we had processes, and we mm -hmm. had good staff that could manage the business. And I would just be the ideas man behind it and, yeah. and drive it and do the marketing and the branding and and so forth. Um, but kind of that's that's how it started. And then... During the pandemic, I realized when, because all my businesses, silly mistake, first Belunda was all experience-led businesses. Mm -hmm. There wasn't online. There was all in your face. So kind of go, you had to come into the salon and be treated. Um, the event management business, you obviously had to have a physical event. Yeah, yeah. And the commercial aspect to the Performing Arts Academy, because we, we were a non-funded entity um, at the time, was we done a lot of corporate events and entertainment and performing here, there and everywhere. And that was our, our, um, our, our income. And that was all gone, obviously, mm -hmm. of course, as COVID. So in the end, I was like, you know what? I have to pivot. So I then 
decided that I was going to help up and coming entrepreneurs with their personal brand and getting yeah. visible. And again, for those of you who don't know me, you might have seen me, I don't know, on your TV screens, mm -hmm. talking on Good Morning Britain. I'm a, a frequent guest commentator there. I do a lot of commentating on different media channels and news channels, whether it's Sky News, ITV, mm -hmm. BBC. I've done it all. Um, I've been featured multiple times in, in newspapers. I know how to garner press and how to get press for your brand and for yourself. And mm. I just thought, this is knowledge that people will pay for. Yeah. So I, I packaged that, branded that. Um, as well as packaged my personal brand experience. And and now I help entrepreneurs with their personal brand and quickly shifted that to, to an online consultancy business, which, by the way, has just catapulted and mm. just done beyond what I could even dream yeah. or imagine. And that really brings us on to kind of like, because you've mentioned there pivoting and realizing things, the realities of entrepreneurship. Because I think social media, social media is great. Like I'm on social media. Social media is my platform, really. My business is online. It's great for being able to touch and connect people. But untruths and uh, this perception that things are way easier than they actually are is prevalent across social media. How have you found the realities of entrepreneurship on your journey and, and just coping with that? Oh, child, child, <laughs> child. Oh my goodness me. Um, I love this question. I love it because it's, it, it's reality and I'm not afraid to say that. I've found it so difficult. I've cried. I've had breakdowns of numerous occasions. Well, like I'm packing it in. Numerous occasions, picked up my laptop went on company's house and started <laughs> to yeah, press that started <laughs> to file the you know the closure yeah. of the like literally it's been difficult the pandemic oh, that was the most difficult time of all because I, I literally was at breaking point mm. um 2018 I had a phenomenal year you know we we delivered some incredible events candy girl was on the rise we was in the process of franchising the model we had franchisees available, ready to just sign. Like the Performing Arts Academy was just doing bits in terms of just here, there and everywhere. Like, and the projections for 2020 was looking even better. And then COVID. <laughs> the realisation of COVID hit me a week before we went into lockdown. Before that, I was like, oh, no, no. It's no, no, it's no big deal. It's, it's no gonna big be deal. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that period, it was one of the worst periods of my whole entire business career. And I just remember saying, right, okay, I can't do nothing about these businesses. I mean, we pivoted um, the, the salon and we started, we created Homegirl rather than Candy Girl and we were going into mm -hmm. people's homes that got messy when all the restrictions and yeah, stuff came yeah. in, but whatever. Um, then we, then I decided, which was probably one of the best decisions actually, to just completely stop with the events. And the reason why I decided that, because I didn't want to do anything that I didn't want. And mm -hmm. I had multiple kind of dreams of income and I knew I could pivot and do different things. And I thought, I don't want to do online events. I'm not doing online events. Mm. I think online events are whack and... No offense to those who do online events. Online like, event that you you yeah. had online event fatigue <laughs> yeah. after a while. No, it's I was it's just, a lot. I, was like, I don't want to do it. Like I like live events and and the thought of me trying to work something out and do stuff and pivot like 
it was a headache and I was like, actually, I'm just stopping mm. and I'm leaving that alone. Um, and I, I, I just allowed God to, and you know, you'll, you'll know that I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a Christian and I believe in God and I believe that God really does guide my path. And I, I stopped and I prayed and I became still and I allowed myself to hear God's voice and, and, and I just said, you know, what direction do you want me to go in and how do you want me to pursue this? And, and because I was still, I started to take a lot of media inquiries. So literally I was being called every mm. other day to speak on Good Morning Britain or ITV or BBC, whether it was about COVID, whether it was about, you know, um, ethnic minorities being um, subject to, to COVID more mm-hmm. or whether it was about some of the racial inequalities when George Floyd happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like literally I was being called every other day and, and I, I just like, have to say on that point I watched you talk about the whole George Floyd mm, saga because obviously that happened during COVID yeah and I love the position that you took with it because I think there are certain things that need to be said mm-hmm. in the mainstream yeah that you did not shy away from mm-hmm. and I think that translates to business as well yeah, of course. sometimes things need to be said and decisions need to be made and they may not necessarily be popular decisions or popular things to say, but they yeah. need to be said. You have to follow the the convictions that you that you carry with you. Amen. And and it's so true. It's so true. And I, I think the time for being palatable, the time for being liked, the time for being, you know, um, accepted or, or that need for wanting to be accepted is uh, had to go out the window. And mm. it's the same in business. Like you, it's not about being palatable. It's not about being liked. It's not about kind of, doing what you feel like you need to do to be accepted. It's about making really harsh decisions. Mm-hmm. It's about making calculated risks. And it's about really, mm-hmm. even if you, even if people don't like it, you know, my staff don't like the decisions that I make all the time, but they respect and they trust that I'm making the right decision. And I think that's really, really key. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important, important that they know that I'm doing it in the best interest of the business, which yeah. in turn... Is, is in the best, their best in, interest in as their well. best interest Absolutely. so it's a, yeah. it's, it's a really valid point that you've you've just raised it, it really is be unapologetic you know and, and, and that's really key you've got to be unapologetic and you've got to be confident in your own ability that you're going to deliver and even if you know people think that you're making wayward decisions or even if people think that you're not making the the right decision um that's on them i mean always take counsel you know, mm-hmm. I always take, take counsel, whether it's from my wife or whether it's from a mentor or whether it's from one of my business partners or what I always take counsel before I make any large decision. But ultimately, the decision is down to mm-hmm. me and I, I would step up to the plate and make that decision. And I would then take, I would then be accountable for the the downfall or the uprising of, of, well, of that ultimately, decision. Ultimately, everyone's going to be, is always responsible for their own things. Mm. I think when it comes to business though, and it's interesting you recounting the whole COVID saga and how that's impacted businesses, because that is pretty much the same for a lot of people and people have experienced it in different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started this because I had no choice but to. Mm. Um, I In the, the beginning of 2020, I was headhunted from a DFM here in Birmingham um, to head up a national project for another wealth management company. I thought, yeah, great. I'll be able to use a different skill set. March comes along and it's like, well, you were the first in. Well, the last in. So you're going to be the first out. And I knew that. And I knew immediately that people weren't going to be recruiting because of the the severity of what we were being faced with. And so 
everything started as a result of that. I was lucky I kind of started in January without really knowing it was going to happen mm -hmm. in March. But you really do have to follow your heart and your convictions a lot of the time. Do you think there are certain things that have contributed to your success in business that you, if you could pinpoint maybe one or two things, what would you say they are? 100%, 100%. So one of the main things that have contributed to my success is my network. I have built a really solid network, particularly in the Midlands and particularly with the business community. And it's interesting because they support you. They want to see you win. And, you know, you are, and, you know, parents say that all the time, you are the company you keep and mm -hmm. you show me, show me your company and that will tell me who you are. And, yeah. and you know, you, you're like... And if you surround yourself with like-minded people, if you surround yourself with go-getters, you will become a go-getter. You will become, you know, a, a business person and, and you would learn. Um, and, you know, I, my network is, is, is incredible. And that's why I think networking is really, really important. And I've learned that at a very, very early age in my business career. I mean, even when Candy Girl was, you know, going through its you know, going through whatever it was going through during COVID, you know, just a member from a network just called me up and said, true, I've just put a hundred, I'll just put a thousand pounds in your account. And I'm like, why? Like, what have you done that for? Because I know that Candy Girl is going through something and this is just a business colleague from the network. Like, and he was like, I just want to help and support. And, you know, you've always been very good and, and prominent at what you do. And I can see that you, you need support and, and shout out Jimmy should be as is incredible. It's like, I'm putting it in your account. Send me your details. And I was like, oh, wow. So I sent him the details within that hour. That's amazing. A thousand pounds was in the account. And that contributed to one month's rent. And when you're thinking about when you've got serious outgoings um, and you've got no income coming in at all, but you're still having to pay your outgoing mm -hmm. expenses. So your, you know, your fixed expenses, your rent, mm -hmm. your utility bills, your insurance, and our insurance is, don't, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but every little bit counts. And I'm just like, that may just keep us open for another month. Yeah. And it was just incredible. And, and, and that's why I say your network is just important. Not only can you lean on them and, and get their support, but also you can learn from them. And, um, and they can teach you stuff that you didn't know yourself. And, you know, I always say, um, if you're the smartest person in the room and you're in the wrong room, you really need to yeah. be surround yourself yeah. with people who are better yeah. um, than you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really big on that. And I, it was one of my goals this year that I want to get into smarter rooms mm. um, because I just started out on my own. A lot of my net network are financial advisors from previous roles. So right. when it comes to business, it's like, I know for a fact that the network effect is very, very important. Yeah. Getting in the right rooms with people that are smarter. Coming out of lockdown now is the perfect opportunity to be able mm. to do that. But network, absolutely, yeah. I've learned, is absolutely key. So that was the first one. Is there another one that you would pinpoint? Yeah, so, um, so just, I would say, be intentional um, and make sure that you, you strategize, set your objectives, what do you want to achieve? Um, and just be really intentional with everything. So even when I said networking, you know, be intentional with your mm -hmm. network. You could be out there networking and networking and networking, but it still comes to nothing because you're not doing anything with the networking. So it's just really about being intentional with every facet of 
your business and every facet of your journey. And I can't stress it enough, like set your objectives. How is whatever you choose to do feeding into the overall objectives? Mm -hmm. What are you going to achieve by doing this one task? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. A lot of business owners, when they first, particularly when they first starting out, they don't do that. They just keep going on, keep on keeping on and not knowing why they're doing certain mm-hmm. tasks. Um, and, you know, if we're going to be real about entrepreneurialism and, and being in business, people see stuff that they see on Instagram or, or they read a blog or whatever and they think, oh, this is how I should be doing it. Yeah. But it doesn't feed in at all to their overall business objectives. Yeah. But just because they've seen somebody else doing it Preach. or it's... It's the in thing preach. or it's the thing that we preach. I should be doing because they're preach, doing it. Preach, I'm going preach, to, I'm preach, going to preach. do it and I'm like, preach. Is that actually helping you on your journey or feeding into yeah. your business? And, and you know, we we all fall for it. You know, we're, we're living this society where, you know, it's this Instagram lifestyle, particularly around business and everyone's doing stuff. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, how are they there? Like, look what they're doing. Like, they're going to these events and... Yeah. They're doing this and they've got a MacBook. I need to get a MacBook. And yeah, like, yeah. It's just crazy. But actually, is the MacBook going to feed into your overall objectives? You know, are you going to use the functions of that MacBook? Are you going to use the, the, all the detail? And are you going to be running a podcast? And are you going to be using it to edit? And to, can a normal laptop yeah. do whatever you're doing? I'll tell you what, man. Every, so much of what you said there feeds into the stuff that I talk about when we talk when I talk about investing. Mm. Like people are so quick to go and like copy and buy this stock. And it's like, just pause for a second. Yeah. What is your goal? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to start investing? If yeah. you know what your goal is, it dictates the path that you walk. Absolutely. And if you don't know what your goal is, you're walking any old path, not really knowing where you're going. Mm. And I think that is so, so true with Instagram and social media. It's like, it's not about what the next person is mm-hmm. doing. You get into this uh, scenario, it's always about keeping up with the Joneses if mm. you pay attention to that kind of stuff. What matters to you? Mm-hmm. What is your goal? What is your purpose? What mm-hmm. are you trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Then you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's so telling of social media and the, and the age that we live in right yeah, now. I tell you, people's businesses die in the first year because of social media, because they think, oh, I need to get the Range Rover. Oh, I need to get the office. Oh, I need to get the... You don't need an office. You can work from your bedroom. Like, mm-hmm. it's only you. Like, why do you feel like you need to get an office? Because somebody else on the on social media is like that. That's indicative of what a business is or what success mm-hmm. is. No, like, yeah. go at your own pace. Know what you need and be intentional. Write your objectives and be intentional. It's all about being intentional and, you know, and I, and I didn't learn that until I was one of those guys that was just like, right, this is what business is. This is what I need to do. And, you know, I was really naive and I probably didn't learn that until like my second or third year in. And I was like, I don't need my office. Why am I spending £900 a month mm-hmm. when... That's, that could literally be, like, right? yeah, it could be uh, other overheads, absolutely. other bills that you need to absolutely. pay with yeah. I was like, I, I'm paying for an office here. I've got this salon here where I could potentially go and work, but I've got a massive network who have all said, if you need working space, come and see me. Mm-hmm. Come and set up a desk here. A huge network that have all said, I'll support you with that. So I'm like, why am I paying for this? 
And literally, I was like to the staff, guys, we're working from home. And if we need any working days, which we now do, like once every three, four weeks, we have like a working day together. We just go to one of the the, the networks that I, that I know and say, we'll have a working day there. Yeah. But for most of the time, we can work from home. And if we need to, we can go into the salon. We've got a back office there that we can yeah. work from. It's absolutely fine. But it really is about just understanding, like, do you need this or is it for poppy show? Like, and, and that's the reality. Yeah, absolutely. There are some amazing points that you've made there. And I, and I wonder, you know, you talked a lot about, um, you know, being intentional in your network. I noticed that you mentioned that you actually have a mentor. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that, because I think that's one thing that people often miss. And I've had sponsors and mentors through my career, really. And it's amazing how being able to speak to someone to give you that, that guidance, that outside look, and how powerful that can be. I cannot stress enough how important having a mentor is. And I'm saying having a mentor, but you, 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 know, you don't have to box yourself into one mentor. I have several different mentors okay. for several different things. So I have a business mentor. Then I also have a mentor, a spiritual mentor. I also have a um, a kind of marriage couple mentor. Which is important um, for yeah, home life. which is yeah. absolutely important. And it's just really, really, really... And then I also have a business coach, which isn't a mentor and is, is a coach. Um, but it's so important to have a mentor that will provide counsel, that will provide reason, uh, that voice of reason. And that will provide experience and knowledge. You know, if they've gone through it or they've experienced it, then why would you try and reinvent the wheel? Right, you listen to them. And Very then I, and, and, and you listen to them and you take on their feedback and, and their experience, um, and then you can get to your destination quicker. And, and one of the things that I absolutely love about my mentor is that if he doesn't know, then he'll connect me with people that does know yeah. and we will come to an answer or, or a solution. And it's incredibly important because it's that accountability piece. I worry sometimes when I have my mentor meetings, I have one one every month and um, it's just incredible. And and I, I, I do worry a lot because I, I'm like, have I done what I meant to do? Like, mm -hmm. it, Well, it keeps do, you accountable, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? Yeah, do exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do I go to this meeting and not, bring my stuff that I was meant to bring like and um it just allows you to get things done and it allows you to think differently mm. um mentorship is incredibly important so yes I have a mentor and equally I also mentor and that's an important facet as well like I, I feel like if you're if you want to mentor but you want to mentor but you're not willing to mentor there's kind of like a cognitive dissonance there mm. and you know, and I believe in karma. I believe in you give what you receive yeah. and, and all of that good stuff. And I just believe that be a teacher, but also be a student. Mm -hmm. And what you don't want to do is me, me, me and absorb, yeah. but have nowhere to let it out. I yeah. think that's an incredible part of, of the jigsaw. Yeah. And, you know, people think, oh, I need a mentor. I need a mentor. And you do. You need a mentor. Absolutely. Part of your responsibility as well is you also need to mentor yeah. and have a mentee and don't be one of those ladder grabbers that just wants for yourself and I'm up the top and I'm going to grab the ladder up and help nobody else. I think that's 
totally, totally unreasonable. I think you. Need I think to. there's too much of that in the society at the moment, mm. um, and I, I I struggle with it a lot because I'm, especially when you start looking at social social con uh, constructs and you know um, economic mobility. There's a lot of what well, I've done. Okay, so I'm just gonna leave. I'm yeah. okay, so I'm sweet. Like oh. you figure, you figure out. Oh it's my like, goodness, where's the joy in that? Yeah, like. Where is yeah. the joy in that? Like, yeah. what legacy do you want to? I, I mean, for me, I want to be able to help people understand what to do better with money mm -hmm. and be able to get on the road to investing sooner. Because mm -hmm. I'm 42 in November. I wish I knew all this stuff that I know now wow. when I was 25. Yeah. Like, if I did, my life would be completely different. So, for me, I'm like, I want to be able to share that knowledge to help other people and hopefully be able to get them to pull themselves up the ladder and, you know, offer that help, particularly when it comes to people from our community. And this is probably the last bit that I want to talk to you about mm -hmm. around diversity and inclusion, because I think in our community, there isn't enough representation. There aren't enough examples of people like us who have worked in professional environments or have businesses that younger kids from our neighborhoods can look at and say, well, actually, I can definitely do what that guy did. You don't have to be a footballer. You don't have to be a rapper. You don't have to be doing all of this stuff that is no. typical within our communities in terms of outlook. For me, that's going to be my biggest piece of legacy. And it excites me just to be able to think about the fact that actually a kid could look at me and think, actually, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not smart, smart. Like I'm not Stephen Hawking or anything like that. I'm just a normal guy. If I've done okay, any kid can do it exactly the same. And I think when it comes to diversity and inclusion in business, how important do you think that is? You know, I read once that could, somebody was saying when it comes to diversity and inclusion in business, you know, could you create a successful business um, without diversity and inclusion? Absolutely, of course you can. But the other question that followed was, could you sustain a successful business without diversity and inclusion? And the answer to that will be absolutely not. Your business will die without that diversity of thought, with that inclusion of different people and different thinking and doing things differently. Um, it will just absolutely die. You cannot have a sustainable business without thinking about how to incorporate DNI in, into the mix and when I look at different businesses and I look at some of the successful businesses that have done really well over a short period of time, businesses like Gymshark mm -hmm. and, and, and stuff like that, they and brands such as that, they, they put diversity and inclusion at the core of what they do. And it's almost like they don't speak about it. It's just embedded in the culture. Yeah. And... And, and they don't need to, to think, well, what are we doing about diversity inclusion? It is just there. It's there by nature. It's innate to, to their, their very being and, and their very core. And I think it's so, so important. And it, it's, it's, it's in, representation matters, right? You know, we, we know that representation matters. And, you know, I, I, I reflect back on my journey and, you know, just speaking about mentorship, there was a, a particular you know, black person within the, the Midlands that was doing absolutely amazing things when I first came into the space. And I, I asked him, you know, would you mentor me? Um, the answer was no, and I'm not going to go down that road um, because I still get a bit, um, mm -hmm. when I think about it. But the fact is, is that he didn't have to mentor me. The very fact that I saw a prominent 
black business figure in the space that I wanted to enter, in my view, was mentoring-ish enough. Mm -hmm. um, because it kind of reassured me that if he could do it, I could do it. Because he's there, he looks like me, he's had some of the uh, similar challenges than me, um, challenges than, and that, that I have had, but he's still in this space doing amazing things. And I just think representation will always, always be key. And it just brings a different dimension to any organisation and a different way of doing things and different cultures and different, you know, and, and, and when we speak about diversity, inclusion, people think all automatically, you know, we, we need to focus on race. And actually, no, you need to focus on all nine characteristics to, to really... Yeah to understand like yeah. I'm I'm right now I am very big on women I'm very big on particularly black women mm -hmm. and I literally turned down an event that I was meant to speak at um in a few months time because there was no black women on the panel and I'm like I'm stepping down so I can make space for, for somebody else a yeah. black woman yeah because actually the topic that we're speaking about affects black women the most because mm -hmm. the topic was about diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. but black women are the ones that are marginalized the most mm -hmm. out of every community and every demographic so why are we not including them on the panel why do you not have that voice why to exactly give their perspective so i was like from a from a more genuine place absolutely. based on experience because with all due respect, you're not a woman. Yeah, So exactly. you can't absolutely. speak from that point of view. You can speak from it from one angle, mm -hmm. but not the full picture. Absolutely. So I was like, I will step down and here's a list of five amazing black business women that you can speak to today to have on your panel. And for me, that's the commitment that I made my, to myself within the DNI space. If I don't believe that something is right, if I don't believe that it's not sitting with me, if I don't believe that there's enough representation, if I don't believe that it's not reflective of the society that we live in, if I believe that it's discriminating in, in, in some kind of way by not including a certain demographic, then I'll step down and mm. I won't associate myself with, with that project or event or anything like that. So yeah, I just think going back to, to the question at hand, without diversity and inclusion, your business will not survive 12 months. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. I would completely agree. In the, in the workplaces, you need, you, did, you need varying views from different backgrounds. I think particularly if you're in a product or service-led business, that actually enriches your proposition, enriches mm. your offering, because you can come from different walks of life and develop a, a product or a service that caters to that varied view of the world and not just one kind of like microcosm or example of what you think is reality mm -hmm. and i think it's absolutely crucial that you know dni remains on the agenda as controversial as some people like to make it it's very simple really mm. at the end of the day yeah. um, and it should be simple as that to finish this off i do want to ask you what your biggest lessons in in business thus far have been Ooh. So my biggest lessons in business, um, such a great, great question. And I would say the first lesson is um, understand your cash flow. Like, and as a finance person yourself, you would know that 
your cash flow is absolutely everything. Understand what's coming in and what's going out. Understand your projections. Just understand your cash flow because for me, the first year that I was in business, I really didn't have a clue. Like I was like, um, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just made everything difficult. It just made everything difficult. And in the end, I had to pay um a, a re- but my accountant to sit down with me for a good week to be like, right, we need to understand the cash cash flow. I need to understand the numbers. I need to understand my business. Mm-hmm. It's my baby. And if somebody asks me, I want to be able to say X, Y, Z. So um understanding my, your cash flow is is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things I would say. Mm. Um with within business and one big lesson that I learned because it's 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 still will die like if you don't understand it your business is going to die mm. straight up um so so that's a, a huge lesson another lesson that I would say is understand the power of your personal brand okay I think that is one of the crucial lesson because when I was building my personal brand I had no idea that I was building it I was just doing it because Mm. it was just just because and now I reflect a lot of the opportunities that I have that have come come my way is because of the power of my personal brand um and it's because people resonate with me and and I I bring value and I and they know that I'm going to deliver because of the power of my personal brand. You know, I can throw an event next week and be like, oh, I need five sponsors and be able to pick up my phone and say, I'm throwing this event. This is a blurb. Would you sponsor it? Of course I will, true. Because mm-hmm. that's the power of my personal brand because I've built that and I've built that reputation. So um, it really is about understanding the power of and work, start doing things and being intentional and working on your personal brand from now, from the very beginning. Um, and the last one I would probably say is systems and processes. Like for me, that's a huge, huge aspect in business. Um, start, it doesn't even, it doesn't matter if you're a one man band or it doesn't matter if you've got a workforce of 500, start systemizing your business and start at a very basic level. Look at all your, um functions of your business so if it's a product-based business or an e-commerce business you know look at your sales look at your marketing look at your hr mm-hmm. um look at all aspects of your business and then literally just break it down in bullet points for step-by-step guide so a customer comes in they buy it they look they browse you know is there a script that you need to tell them like the staff like literally break it down and start that process and then look at ways how could you systemize it and you know the basic example if you get an email in have you got an automated response to say how long you're going to reply to that email have do you have a funnel system where people can be funneled down how could you systemize your business and how could you process map your business so everybody knows exactly what it is because you know my business coach and and she just incredible at um, shout out Daniela incredible at systemizing and and processing um and she always says if you was to get ill tomorrow would your business stop mm-hmm. and if that's if your business will stop because you've been taken out of the business as the leader 
then you haven't got robust systems and processes and you need to do it immediately mm. um and and it's so true and, and, and we sat down and we literally systemize and process map every aspect of of the business which is just incredible so systems and processes will be the the next thing so much wisdom there and i think you know in the second part of this maybe we can elaborate on that a little bit more because yeah. i think for people who are listening they will think okay how do you get started what do you yeah. actually mean examples you've given an example mm-hmm. there but i think there's so much more to go um in terms of what that actually looks like for people looking mm-hmm. who are either entrepreneurs or starting out their business right. and want some real practical tips we'll cover that in the second part mm-hmm. of this podcast to finish this one off how do people find you what's the socials how do people get in touch with you if they want to yeah of course um so you guys can find me at true um, power.com and um, that's my website truepower.com, and you'll find all of the businesses and stuff that I'm doing all connected to the website. Um, I'm an active social media user. So that's true underscore power on all social media platforms, which is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is just true power. Um, I think that's it really. But yeah, just yeah, true underscore power. And that's T-R-U without the E. Excellent. And guys, listen, if you've not listened to the podcast, definitely go and listen to the podcast. It's pretty freaking epic. Thank and the you. guests are an envy straight off the bat. <laughs> Some amazing guests. So go yeah, and listen. I to pull out the, um, <laughs> the A-listers for that one. <laughs> Indeed. So go and listen to the podcast. But yes, we're going to come back with a, with a part two to this. I hope you learned something. But remember, you know, whenever we have these kind of, kind of conversations on the podcast, and if you are watching this on YouTube as well, you know, we do, I do talk about money and I talk about investing. That's my main focus, really. That's where I, I, I have my skill set and my expertise. But when we talk about money, you have to earn money. So mm. you're either going to get it from an employed work or you're going to have to start businesses or side hustles. And we're talking a little bit about side hustles as well. But the, the whole point of this is, in my slogan, realizing the truth that money is a tool, life is for living. You've got to earn the money and you've got to put it to good use. But until next Monday, guys, catch you later, Bob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.